Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. We are so excited you're listening today. Thank you for your support. We have enjoyed this series on the six foundation stones to build on. We heard our pastor this Wednesday night talk about competency of goal setting and time management, and we hope you're encouraged and uplifted today by this episode. We have been studying the six foundation stones of character and competence. These six foundation stones tonight I would like to talk about the competency of goal setting and time management. This is on the heels, this is on the heels of the character of responsibility. Responsibility primarily was focused on um, being aligned, having direction and destination. We talked about in responsibility, the responsibility that a man has to his family, responsibility that a man has to God, responsibility that a man has to the local church. We talked about the responsibility that a woman has to God, uh, the responsibility that a woman has in modesty and the way that she carries herself in a very dignified and stately manner in which she can be respected in all walks of life and whatever environment she finds herself in so that she represents well the kingdom of God. And, and when you follow biblical holiness, there is a respect that is demanded. And I just want to say thank you to all of the members of Calvary Pentecostal Church for your, for your love and your passion for the Word of God and for holiness. Thank you for being a very responsible church in what at times seems to be uh, a lack of responsibility, um, not in a general way, um, but just little pockets of irresponsibility when it comes to doctrine and to holiness. And so I want to say thank you very, very much. Now, tonight I'm going to focus on the corresponding competence of goal setting and time management. Or if you were going to say, am I a responsible person? If you are a responsible person, that is going to manifest itself in the way that you manage your time. And so by way of introduction, one of the most potent forces a person has is time. What happens to a person during seasons of time has a negative or a positive influence in that person's life. What a person does with time powerfully impacts their future. Much of God's will, if not all of God's will for our lives, is how we use and leverage time. An example of this is in 1 Kings 19 and 9, when the scripture says, and there, speaking of Elijah, and there he went into a cave and spent the night. Night denotes time. Place is location. So God deals with him about his use of time and about the location and using time in that location. 
And so we see that he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, notice what happens in time. The word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, you are in a place you're not supposed to be. And because you're in a place you're not supposed to be, you are not maximizing your time. Why are you in this cave? And I know that I could park right there and preach about coming out of your cave. Because every one of us get hurt in life. Every one of us, stress hits us. Every one of us, there are dilemmas and crises that hit us. And literally, we either fight or flee or freeze. Now, they've, they've listed a third and we freeze. And, and oftentimes, we will run and we run into a cave. And so then, we go into a cave syndrome where, much like Elijah, a depression comes over us. A very real, dark depression. And if you've never been through that, don't cast stones at people who actually are going through it or have been through it because it is very real. And, and you have to respect that time that they're going through. But just be one of those friends in their life that don't allow them to live forever in the cave. Sometimes God's word comes through you and I saying, hey, we love you. Don't get out of your cave. Get out of your, you got something in time to accomplish. In the cave, you can't accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. So you need to be responsible. I know you're hurting, but you need to be responsible enough to come out of the cave. Get your mantle and put your mantle on your face. Get your mantle and put your, don't put your problems over your face. Don't put your issues over your face. Don't put your hurt over your face. Don't put your woundedness over your face. Put your mantle over your face. Because once you get that mantle that's anointed in your eyes, in your ears, over your heart, you're able to see clearly again. You can come out of your cave. You can step back into the God's will and God's timing so that you can be responsible enough to accomplish His will in His time. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. I feel like God's about to restore somebody in this place. God knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows you've been in a cave. He knows you've questioned your calling. And now he's pulling you out of your cave so that he can develop something in you that will be life-changing not only for yourself, but for everybody that you're supposed to be ministering to. So God is asking you a rhetorical question. What are you doing here in your cave? Elijah, why are you in the cave? God was patient with Elijah. When Elijah was going through his cave season. <clears throat> However, God displays his heart on the value of time. And how the kingdom is impacted by time management and responsibility. Elijah did not want to leave the cave. And he was wasting valuable time. And God said, this is what God said to him, because he was wasting time and he was showing uh, irresponsibility. Now, God said, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. You're here in the cave, you're supposed to be in the, go to the wilderness of Damascus. So getting distracted and, and in action on your, on your vision and the will of God will, God will cause God to go in and remind you to come out of the cave and go to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, this is about time now, anoint, now watch this, time and responsibility. So when you get there and you arrive, you're at your arrival, okay, so it's your ETA, 
GPS has been programmed and GPS says it's going to be at 8 o'clock. So here's your ETA. When you get there, you have a responsibility to impact the kingdom of God and enlarge the kingdom of God. Here's your responsibility in time. If you're not where you need to be, you can never fulfill your responsible calling. Anoint Haziel as king over Syria. <clears throat> also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Meholah, you shall anoint as what? Prophet where? In whose place? In Elijah's place. So now all of a sudden we're seeing this transition of time. We're seeing a change of role and responsibility, and we're seeing time. We're seeing responsibility in time. The anointing of Elisha and the appointment uh, of Elisha was based on God's timing. Could Elisha wait and serve as prophet in the room while waiting on his ultimate appointment? On the other hand, could Elijah step out of the way when it was time for him to transition out? He said, look, you get, out, get out of the cave, get into the road of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, anoint Jehu, anoint Elisha. And then you're going to anoint Elisha to serve in your place. This was about a leadership change and a leadership transition. So let me refer to one of the interviews that I had with an outgoing pastor. And this is what the outgoing, this was, was team four outgoing pastor. This is what he said in his transition time. Nothing grows great or large underneath the shade of a mighty oak. What I'm saying, and I'm quoting verbatim, what I'm saying is sometimes maybe I overshadowed people too much and I did not realize it or I intimidated them. And when that was removed or when I was removed from being pastor, it allows the incoming leader to grow and move up. That created growth and stretch of process in the church because he works with a lot of teams. This is transition and time. He used people that I probably never would have thought about using in the church because he's developed them into leaders. He is compassionate and has given them an opportunity and it has stretched them. It is the Elijah-Elisha transition period about time and knowing how to anoint and step out of the way when it's time to step out of the way. This is about time management and responsibility. Again, the, the uh, Team 4 outgoing pastor, he displayed a spirit of cooperation when transitioning out, and this is what he said. He said, I knew, quote, I knew I had to decrease if uh, Team 4 incoming pastor would increase. <clears throat> I embrace the ministry of decrease. One way that he did this is he started serving in a new role. And, and this, in, in the interview, he used an analogy, and this is a, this is a powerful analogy. Listen to this. He said, uh, in, in sports, there's the lifespan of a player. A player's career is limited by age. He said, I heard a sports commentator talk about a player that had many championship rings and what he'd accomplished, and then he made a profound statement. He said, but nobody, no player, no matter how many championship rings they hold and possess, no player has ever defeated Father Time. And so, when a man's time is up, he cannot perform on the court or on the field anymore. He just can't. 
A lot of great ones, in my opinion, move on to be coaches, said the outgoing pastor. When you can't play anymore, it's time for you to become a coach. It's a man who understood his timing. It's a man who understood my responsibility is changing. I might not be the player anymore, but man, I've got a lot of experience, and I sure can be a real good coach in a lot of people's life. I'm just asking you what you're doing with time right now. If God put a coach in your life, are you receiving from that person that's trying to help you? you got to make up your mind to maximize your time. You're in a powerful church. I'm just telling you, you're in a church that wants to be a coach in your life. You're in a church that wants to develop you. You're in a church that you live under the submission of the headship of Jesus Christ. You will get on an accelerated fast track. That's what we do with our time. The reason I'm only teaching for 30 minutes is to manage time so that you can, as players, get ready because you're going to take what you learn in rehearsal, plug it in to churches on tour, and kids are going to get the Holy Ghost. Lives are going to be changed. Youth groups are going to be revived through your anointed calling. That's what we're doing here on a Wednesday night. Somebody clap your hands to him and give him praise. Paul writes to the saints in Ephesus and he emphasizes time management, responsibility, and understanding God's will in Ephesians 5, 16, and 17. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. There are two forms of time. Kairos time and chronos time. There, uh, chronos time is, or excuse me, Kairos time is life lived vertically when something supernatural happens to a person and their world is radically changed. Chronos time is life lived horizontally. Kairologically, it's something coming from on high. You receive power from on high. It's vertical. It crashes in on chronos or chronological time. You map time out. It's February. You hear me say it all the time. It was a very pivotal point in my life. February 23rd, 1989, on a Thursday night at about 9.30 p.m., there was, there was a kairological moment in my life that radically changed me and changed everything that I do chronologically. Some 30, some whatever years later, right now, every decision I make goes all the way back to that kerological moment where something powerful crashed in on my life. Kerologically, it informs all chronological time. Every time I pull out my calendar and I'm putting something in my schedule, it goes back to, God, is this in your will? God, where did I get this? Am I just doing this to bide time? Or did I hear from you in a kerological moment and by virtue of hearing your voice, now, chronologically, I'm laying out a strategy for my life. Pentecost was a chronological moment that changed history. And the rest of the book of Acts is a timeline based on the responsibility attached to one's call. An interesting study would be to take the, the timeline, AD 30, Pentecost 8030, and to AD mm, 58 to 60, the, the history of the book of Acts. Take that and then start with Pentecost, started with a chronological moment. It was, you shall receive power from on high. Get to the upper room, uh, and when they got to the upper room, they were waiting. There was a chronological moment. Boom. From that point, they leave the upper room, and now what does the Bible teach us? The Bible teaches us that they chronologically or in a systematic approach have to go fulfill the will of God. An interesting study would be throughout that duration, how many times did they have this vertical crash? 
crashing in on their life to renew the vision and renew the power of God. You understand what church is all about now. When you come to church, there's got to be a supernatural power that comes into this place and reminds you of who you are. When you get cold in the spirit, we need a fiery church service. When you get cold and get distracted and you're not doing the will of God in your life, you need a carological moment in your life. You need to readjust your chronos. You need to readjust the way you're spending your time. You need to readjust your calendar. You need to readjust your, your devotion time. You need to readjust how you're planning your day timer. Why? Because everything goes back to the will of God and when I was called by God, I managed time not by what I want to do, but by what happened to me in my Pentecostal experience. Because when I had my Pentecostal experience, I got a call from God. And that call from God forces me to plan based on that call. Anything that does not reflect the call of God does not get put in my calendar. <clears throat> move quickly. Jesus gives insight into both forms of time, chronological time and chronological time. Uh, when asked a kingdom question about restoring power to the Jews, Acts 1, 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time... If you have your blue letter Bible and you pull that up, hit time and look at the term. The term there is chronos. And then in verse 7, he said unto them, notice how he answers them. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times, chronos, or seasons, keros. It's the Greek term keros. In, what that meant was, A, it was a vertical crashing in. You couldn't measure it horizontally. It was something that would come in on you. He said, it's not even, it's not even for you to know your season. You're going to be walking, and all of a sudden, boom, your season's going to come. And something from on high crashes in, and it radically overturns everything chronologically. And you go, my God, he just blew my mind. I heard the voice of God. And it, and it changes everything in your life. And God sets you on a trajectory to fulfill his purpose and his calling. And this is what he says. He said, you don't even know the time or the seasons. You don't know, you don't know chronologically or chronologically what you're supposed to be doing until you get the power. But once you get the power, this is what he says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall what? This is responsibility. This is responsibility. Be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Receiving the Holy Ghost was a vertical crashing in on all chronological time who would be the definer and informer of all chronological events. Let me ask you a question. Are you telling God what he will do with you? Or is God telling you what he'll do with you? Is your calendar, is your calendar, are you looking at your calendar and you're saying, God, here's where I'm going to fit you in? Or do you have such a powerful chronological moment that God crashes in on you and God tells you every day that you get up, here's what you're going to do today. Here's what you're going to do with your life. And because you're going to do this 15 years from now, here's how you need to begin planning right now so that you can maximize your time and be responsible with your time. You cannot allow the carnal, fleshly, chronological, horizontal timeline to tell him, God, this is what we're going to do. Uh-uh. 
Those are people that end up in the cave syndrome. Those are Elijah's that stuck in the cave saying, what do I do now? I'm in depression. One of the reasons you go into depression is because you got distracted and you moved outside of the will of God. When you move outside of the will of God, what do you need? Boom, you need something to crash in and rock your world and get you back on track and put you back in the right time. Somebody needs to get back to where you need to be in the Holy Ghost. You say, my life isn't productive. It isn't productive because you've not been responsible with time. If you'll rearrange your priorities and get your time right, God will start blessing you and God will open up doors. He's not going to open up a door for you if you're irresponsible and you're not managing time well. So, Keros must define and inform your calendar. How does Keros time inform Chronos time? Revelation, development, and preparation. Revelation and announcing of the call. Those of you that were called by God, whether it was a call to be in music ministry, whether it was a call to be a Sunday school teacher, whether it was a call to, to, to go to the, to, to the God pod, whether it was a call to whatever your calling is. If it, was, if it was a call, according to Romans chapter 12, it was a call to be a generous person and that you give out of a gift. Whatever that is, God gives you that and then he begins to develop your character to match the call. Then you go into personal preparation to gain the competence to support the call. So time defined biblically. T, we use an acronym. T is for treasure. Time is a gift from God to accomplish his purpose in his time. Matthew 6, 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The letter I is for investment. What are you doing with God-given time? You've got to make an investment. Time is the opportunity to invest in that which will last forever. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there is a season. And there is a time to every purpose under heaven. The letter M, measured. Time on earth is limited and it forces us to prioritize because look, you know, it's like, it's like the statue of opportunity that measures Greek time. It's the statue of opportunity where, where the guy is bald headed in the back, but he's got long hair in the front. That's the statue of opportunity. And as it's coming towards you, you only have a certain amount of time to grab a hold of the opportunity. If that opportunity passes you by and you turn around in time and you're trying to grab, there's nothing to hold on to. And so you've got to seize your moment in time when it's in front of you. When the disciples were on the boat, Jesus was walking. He would have passed them by, the Bible said, but because they knew their time. See, when you're in your season and in your time, you can walk on things that normally you would sink under. But when you're in the timing of God, water holds you up. Water's not supposed to hold you up. But when you're in your season, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you're in your time, when you're in your moment, you walk on things. You walk, you conquer devils. You conquer things that come against you to do the will of God because you seize the opportunity when it was right in front of you. Don't let it pass. Don't let it pass. <clears throat> it's measured. Time is measured. E evaporates. 
The only thing that we cannot get back is time. Make the most of every opportunity. Psalm 39 and 5. Indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths. And my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. You know when you were a kid, the the bathroom you're in there, hot water's in there. and And you do that to the mirror. And all of a sudden on the mirror it just goes. It's like, my God, I must have bad breath. You go. And it, and if you watch it, what does it do? It's a vapor. He said, your life is like that. You only get so much time to accomplish things in life. You ever turn on boiling water and all of a sudden you see the vapor coming up and you see that it's almost like a cloud of smoke. It's a vapor and it comes up and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden before it even hits the microwave, boom, it's gone. He said, that's what our life is like. We better make the most right now of our time. Because it is evaporating and you don't get it back. I have a question to ask. Are you building with wood, hay, and stubble? Or are you building your life and your calling with gold, silver, and precious stone? Because when the fire of God touches your life and you have built on nothing but wood, hay, and stubble, it disappears and it's like the boiling water on the stove. It's gone. And you say, you mean I spent my whole life doing that and it meant nothing? While on the other hand, while on the other hand, people are investing in gold, silver, and precious stone. And when you get there and God puts fire to it and he says it only becomes more valuable when the fire touches it. We are involved in eternal matters. And it's going to be gold, silver, and precious stone. We are building with gold, silver, and precious stone that does not evaporate throughout eternity. And we are making a kingdom difference. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Chronos time. Now, I'll get real practical here, and I'm going to provide, and then I'm closing with this. Chronos time management. <clears throat> Many of you know this. Those of you in the corporate world, educational field, you know the SMART model of time management. SMART is an acronym. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, targeted time. Let's break it down. <clears throat> so I want to ask a couple of questions. <clears throat> Do my goals align with my calling? This is a smart model of goal setting and time management. Some some questions that we need to ask. Do my goals align with God's calling on my life? Second question. Does my character support what I'm preparing to do for God? Or do I know that I'm cutting corners in my character? And if, and if enough pressure is put on me, somewhere something's going to buckle. In my financial life, in my money life, in my relationship life, in my moral life, in my ethical life, in my theological life. Do I have a theological brain but a diseased heart? Does my character support what I'm preparing to do for God? If I fail to prepare, what does a lack of preparation say to God and the revelation that he gave me when he called me? When I succeed at preparing, what does that say to God and the revelation that he gave to me? Question, will God give us greater revelation on what we're supposed to do next if we haven't been responsible with lesser revelation? 
has God even given you a revelation of what you're supposed to do next? Like, when's the last time you truly heard the voice of God and you could take your pen and you could write down in one or two sentences, this is what the Lord spoke to me, this is the revelation I got, this is how he's developing my character, and here's how I'm going to prepare for that. Like, do you think about these things? This is time management. If you're thinking care logically, walking in the Holy Ghost, then you think about this stuff all the time. It never leaves you. If all you are is carnally minded and all you're thinking about is a paycheck and all you're thinking about is how the world can feed you and meet your needs and, all, and you're doing this right here, you probably haven't thought about the previous questions that I just asked. So here is the SMART model. Specific. S stands for specific. M, measurable. A, attainable. R, relevant. T, targeted time. Let me give you an example. Let me just, can I give you an example of myself very quickly? Let me give you an example of myself. So one of the things that I wanted to do is get into a doctoral program. So specifically, I want to want to finish my doctoral degree so that I'm not what they call an ABD student. You know what an ABD student is? That means all but dissertation. You've done all your coursework and you don't do your dissertation. So is it measurable? How, do I me how did I measure that in 2017? Finish in six years. At best case, five years. I'm at five and a half years. Why would I even do this? For advancing the kingdom of God in three areas, theology, education, and leadership. Is it attainable? Well, how will I attain this? I'm going to commit two to three hours a day, every day, five days a week to accomplish this goal. Is it relevant? Why would I even do something like this? Does it match God's call on my life? And does it complement those around me to accomplish? Is it relevant to even put this much money and effort into this? What is my targeted time? Five days a week from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday through Friday in my life for the last five to six, five and a half years, this is what I have done. Five, Monday through Friday, at least from seven to nine. I divide my life into two blocks of time, renewal and response and results. Renewal is focused on what I am becoming Response and results is focused on what I'm doing. So in blocks of time, normally from about 7 o'clock to about 11 o'clock, I'm personally focused on what I am becoming in Jesus Christ. I don't even begin to respond to emails and certain things. I try not to until about 12 o'clock forward so that I'm balancing myself between what I'm becoming and what I'm doing for the kingdom of God. You want to burn out? Focus all your efforts and time on what you're doing in life and don't focus on personal development. Timelines must have a divine purpose with eternal priorities. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. So stand with me. Let's show that. If you can, let's go to that slide. <clears throat> it's the last one. And it's um, people that have 10%. They'll accomplish it. Yeah, I sure hope that you guys have that. I know that Ron sent that in. This is important to see. Um, number one. So, so here it is. You have a goal. You have an idea. You hear from God. And you have a goal. And this is a careological moment. If that's all it is, and you've heard, and you have a goal, you're probably 10% likely to accomplish it. But... If you consciously decide to commit to a certain amount of time, you're 25% likely to accomplish the goal. If you put a date on it, when you're going to act upon that call or that goal, you're 40% likely 
to accomplish it. If you design a structured plan to act on the call, 50% likely to accomplish it. Fifth, make a commitment to God and to another person to implement the plan. This is chronological time. 65% likely that you're going to achieve the goal. If you invest resources and you have a specific accountability appointment with another person to see that plan through and finish, you're 95% likely to finish your goal. This is why when we have a lot of inspiration in Pentecost with little instruction in Pentecost, we can take you to a youth camp and hype you up and fire you up with inspiration. But if you don't come back home and sit down with someone in your life and say, I feel like this was a careological moment. God spoke to me. This is what I want to accomplish. Let's write a plan. Let's have an accountability partner. Let's, let's show when you're going to accomplish this. And all of a sudden, five years passes. And that guy that had a good idea but never brought it and never had any accountability, they're still stuck saying, one day I'm going to. One day. They're 50 years old saying, one day I'm going to. And that dude that put it in action, spent money, his resources, her resources, had an accountability partner. Man, they've already accomplished 10 more goals. Why? They managed their time efficiently. Thank you so much for listening to the Upper Room Podcast, and we hope to see you guys next week. Again, Tuesdays and Fridays, we upload all new episodes for you guys to listen. Thank you guys so much for your support again. If you want to stay connected with the podcast and the church, visit our website at calvaryulist.org. We have so many, so many opportunities to give and so many ministries that you can check out there. If you want to stay connected otherwise, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at calvaryulist.org and we cannot wait to connect with you guys there. See you guys next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. God bless.